Tuesday edition getting underway. Welcome in, everybody. Hope uh, your Tuesday is going well so far. we got a lot of ground to cover today. Uh, OU football recruiting to get into. We've got the Open Championship and Tigers speaking to the media today. Speaking of the media, we have uh, Big 12 Media Days getting underway tomorrow as uh, the Cowboys will meet the media Tomorrow and the Sooners again will meet up with the press on Thursday. Uh, Sooner softball just gets stronger and stronger. They're already at an unbelievable level and it looks like they keep getting better. Despite all the losses from last year, the Sooners are adding a lot of great players through the portal, it looks like. They got the number one pitcher in the high school ranks coming aboard next year. So I would say things are looking pretty good for Patty Gasso and company to make it five out of seven. Uh, next year in terms of winning another uh, women's softball championship. So we got a lot of things going on. Uh, We did not get Chet versus Paolo Bancaro last night because the uh, Magic shut down Paolo Bancaro for the rest of the summer league, but uh, the Thunder did win that game. It wasn't their best effort, but they hang on uh, to win last night, 84-81, 15 points, 11 boards, two blocks for Chet Holmgren. And uh, I like this uh, new collection of players that Oklahoma City got in the draft. It's going to be interesting to see how they work out when we play real basketball coming up again uh, next year uh, for the Thunder. So uh, I want to start, though. Baker Mayfield just wrapped up his first press conference with the Carolina Panthers. It was a Zoom press conference. but Baker We're was, still doing those. We are still doing those. Why I are we still doing those? I don't know. It is the year of our Lord, 2022. COVID has been canceled for at least a year, if not over a year. We're still doing Zoom press conferences. Baker Mayfield is still being introduced as a member of the Carolina Panthers from his living room. It was, uh, that was the situation, yes. And uh, luckily, uh, the audio and the video quality was pretty good. But you know with technology, we've made so many advances in technology. But due to the pandemic, we've had so many of these Zoom press conferences. And they're just not good. They're not good. And even some of the press conferences, you know my, uh, my stuff with audio. Like when you have a press conference and you have like a long table and you have like a coach on one end and two athletes, you know, one in the middle and one in the other, and they put a microphone right in the middle of the table. That's not how it works. The person in the middle of the table, you'll probably have decent audio. If you're on the left or the right, guess what? The audio is going to stink. Don't do it that way. That is amateur. So I just need to have an old man rant there. Bad audio drives me insane. Really does. In 2022, we should probably never have bad audio. 2020 year, or 2022 is the year of clean audio. Yes. Let's make it, let's make that our goal. Let's make that our goal. Sooners, top uh, top seven recruiting class and better, cleaner audio. And no Zoom press conferences. They're over. They're done. Real press conferences. Now, here is the audio from Baker's Zoom press conference with the uh, Carolina Panthers meeting the media today. It just wrapped up a few minutes ago. Baker was asked uh, what he learned in his four years at Cleveland. Here's what Baker had to say. Uh, I mean, I, I think there's definitely <laughs> there was a lot of lessons to, and experiences that I learned from when it comes to, um, you know, keeping some things in-house, uh, but also being, being myself. That, that's why I was drafted there uh, was to help turn – that place around and to be the best version of myself. I think it's easy to get lost in, you know, stories and media at the same time. So it's, it's tricky to balance, but um, yeah, that's, that's the conversations, the multiple conversations that I've had with Scott and coach rule about 
they want me to be myself you know, be a good leader, be a great teammate, but I've always been vocal and uh, being able to bring guys and elevate them. So uh, there's, there's balance, but that, that competitive nature, that'll never go away. If I do that, then I, I shouldn't be playing anymore. So and that's what's gotten me or helped get me here, and uh, I'll, I'll have to continue to do that. There you go. In other words, Baker's got to be Baker, and uh, that has worked for him at every level. You know, he wasn't highly thought of coming out of high school, and he ends up, you know, walking on a tech, winning that job, then eventually lost it to Davis Webb when he got injured, ironically, and ends up at Oklahoma, grew up a Sooner fan, ends up winning a Heisman at Oklahoma. I think that Baker Mayfield is the most popular player in OU football history, which is, you know, when you think about the Selmans and you think about Buys and you think about all the great players from Billy Sims to Steve Owens to Billy Vessels to Sam Bradford and Jason White, all the great players at Oklahoma. And I think Baker's the guy. Now, some of that is the latest is the greatest and most popular, but I think Baker's story, his underdog story and his personality again if baker mayfield's not playing for you you probably don't like the guy very much at all but if he's playing for you and he's skipping downfield after a touchdown and going crazy and you know just showing uh, that uh, charisma that he has you're gonna love the guy and sooner fans love the guy there is no doubt about it you think there's a more popular player in sooner history right now than baker mayfield absolutely not yeah I, zero chance yeah and which is have there been better players at OU? Yes. Sure. And again, Baker Mayfield is a Heisman Trophy winner. Number one overall draft pick. I think Kyler Murray overall is the better quarterback, but Kyler only had the one year at Oklahoma. But Baker's story, the way he goes out there and you know backs up a lot of the talk. He hasn't totally done that, obviously, in the NFL, but that endeared him to Sooner fans. Uh, not only his playing style, but his personality and charisma endeared him to Oklahoma fans forever. Now, I want to play a clip, and I apologize in advance, uh, is Skip Bayless, but I want to see if you agree with what Skip Bayless has to say, because Skip is still beating the drum that Baker's going to be a really good quarterback in the NFL. He's still a believer. Skip said the other day, he has seen enough moments uh, out of Baker to keep him believing that he can be a quality NFL starter. When Odell did tear his ACL and was lost at Cleveland, Baker took off. Baker got on an OU roll. Whatever. Or maybe an FU roll. How about that? <laughs> right? Because here he came, and they go 8-3 and three down the stretch. And he throws 20 touchdowns to only three interceptions, and they go to Pittsburgh and win their first playoff game in franchise history in 26 seasons 26 seasons and he beat Mike Tomlin's team an, an arch division rival at Pittsburgh and had a QBR of 91 scale of 0 to 100 that's a playoff game that is special stuff for a still young quarterback and there was no Odell I don't know coincidence not coincidence and then he opens the year and you showed the Kansas City game all he did in the first two games was complete 82% of his passes before he late in the game against Houston at home tore his labrum and fractured his shoulder and said, I'm going to suck it up and die for this cause, and I'm going to show you how tough I am. I'm going to play the whole year with all these injuries. It's just hard to throw. All right, are you a believer? You're on the uh, skip train there that, yeah, this was a lot about the injury and uh, we we haven't written the final chapter on Baker Mayfield in the NFL yet. No, not by a long shot because the year before he tore his labrum, Baker took the Browns to double-digit wins, 
a playoff victory on the road at Heinz Field, and they came a Chad Henney scramble from going to the AFC Championship mm-hmm. game. That's true. So I understand why there is some skepticism. Right? Anytime a quarterback tears his labrum, whether it's his throwing shoulder or not, anytime you have a serious injury like that, there are going to be natural questions that arise about how quickly you're going to be able to bounce back and if you're ever going to be pl- able to play on the same level again. I remember – I am old enough to remember – Mike, when there were folks that were wondering whether Tom Brady was ever going to be the same player after he tore his ACL in the season opener back in 2008 and missed the entire season. Here we are some 14 years later, and Tom Brady is not only still playing football at the age of 44, but he's arguably playing the best football of his life at the age of 44. So it can go one of two ways. Right, The concerns can be validated or the concerns can ultimately be rendered moot. And for a guy like Baker Mayfield, a guy who has overcome odds at every juncture throughout his football career, whether in high school at Lake Travis or at Texas Tech or at Oklahoma or at Cleveland or now in Carolina, I have a ton of faith that this is going to work out for the best for Baker Mayfield and that he does have a long-term future in the league, regardless of whether that's in Carolina or elsewhere, because I think it's pretty clear that this is a one-year rental for Carolina. You know, Baker's fighting for his football life this season. Yes. And so is Matt Rule, right? Correct. I mean, they're both, uh, they need big seasons. And that's the question. I, I haven't given up on him yet. Was he a disappointment as the number one overall pick? Yeah, a little bit. But again, in Cleveland, if you do what he did in Cleveland, leave the end of the playoffs, uh, when you consider where they were, you know, before he got there, he did a nice job. But as an overall number one pick, yeah, a little bit disappointing. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Can he still be a quality starter in the NFL? Depends on uh, the situation where he is. I don't know if that's going to be Carolina. And that's the one concern I have for him, you know, trying to extend his career as a starter in the NFL. Baker could always be in a roster or whatever. We know that. But as a quality starter in the NFL, he needs to have a good year in, in Carolina this year. Do they have enough? They certainly don't have what he had in Cleveland, which is a really good offensive line. They were banged up a little bit too frequently, but he still had a really good offensive line for the most part. Uh, and I thought they had some some good receivers. Well, not, what, what he great. does have in Carolina that he didn't have in Cleveland, though, is a superstar running back. True. And a running back that's also a tremendous asset as well, a pass I mean, catcher. Nick so. Chubb, that, that combo of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt's pretty good, though. It was good, but I also think for a guy like Baker – Having a running back like McCaffrey, who is so good at catching passes out of the backfield and turning them into chunk gains, that only adds to the arsenal that Baker has at his disposal in Carolina. So if I'm Baker, man, I I am unashamedly riding Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, he's going to get a lot of carries, but... I wouldn't be surprised if he caught 70, 80 passes. Yeah, he can do that. He's very versatile. There's no doubt about it. But it's it's going to be, uh, you know, just fascinating to see how it plays out. People are like, well, he's got to beat out Sam Darnold first. Well, he's going to beat out Sam Darnold in some, unless something goes crazy wrong. What I saw in Baker a lot of times is when he lost confidence, 
And a lot of times when he that first read, when it was there, he hesitated too much. He's got to get rid of the football. Uh, obviously, you know, they had a bunch of coordinators there. He fell out of favor with Kevin Stefanski. That was clear at the end. Uh, he had the clown, Freddie, that clown show with Freddie Kitchens for one year. Hugh Jackson, obviously. So Baker is not done yet. I think there are many chapters left of this book. Are they going to be good, positive chapters where Baker turns it around? I don't think he's going to become a superstar in the league, but can he be a quality NFL starter? There's still time to see that. At times, he has been that. At times, he's been horrible. But uh, this is going to be just an incredible year to watch uh, him play it out at Carolina. Like I said, his football life's on the line in many ways this season. And there's no doubt it's the same situation for Matt Rule because things have not gone really well for Matt Rule so far with the Carolina Panthers. All right, thank you to our first-hour sponsor, the one and only Lasher Home Comfort Systems. You need work on your AC done? Now's the time, man. That AC is working overtime. It is running a marathon every day in this heat. Make sure you get it serviced and tuned up for the rest of the summer. If you need that, give Tim Lasher and his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, a call at 405-579-3113. I'm Mike Steely. He's Parker Thune. You're you. And we want to hear from you on the text line, the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. We're just getting warmed up here. Let's talk a little sooner recruiting when we get back here on The Ref. Oh, yeah, we are back. By the way, a couple uh, other notes on Baker's presser today. We played the soundbite in the first segment. If you're just joining us, uh, Baker is going to wear number six for the Panthers again. He negotiated that number away from uh, punter Johnny Hecker, who had previously worn that number, according to Jake Trotter. And uh, the bad news is no more at home at Baker Mayfield progressive commercials. I thought he was really good in those, but he mentioned that would not be happening. During the presser, uh, according to Jake Trotter, uh, Baker also says he wanted to do a moving away version, but that didn't work out. So we won't get any more Baker progressive commercials, at least uh, in the future, in the immediate future. We'll see what happens uh, the rest of the way. Let's talk a little sooner football recruiting. I saw that Sammy Almosigo last night uh, tweeted out something with a lock involved, and I assume that was for uh, Dalen Smothers? Is that what you're thinking? Well, I'll just put it this way. Uh, Nothing that wasn't already certain. Mm Mm-hmm. Take that for what you okay. want. Okay, so, and you think, and Oklahoma, again, in 247's uh, team recruiting rankings, the Sooners, uh, about a month ago, maybe three and a half weeks ago, something like that, they were around 39. Uh, I remember seeing Oklahoma as low as 39 in your rankings. And now they're at number 11, and uh, the word is they're going to get Dalen Smothers coming up on Thursday, the four-star running back out of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. They're going to get Derek LeBlanc, people think, later in July. And you think uh, Jacoby Johnson is a pretty uh, good bet that he's going to wind up at Oklahoma. So if you get those three and then you add a couple others, you know, in July, uh, the Sooners going to keep climbing that ladder in the rankings. Now, a lot depends on what happens with, uh, you know, teams that are ahead of them right now. And, you know, Tyler and I were talking about this, um, you know, a little while ago, where Oklahoma could end up. And you think that, obviously, Notre Dame, Ohio State, uh, Texas is up there. I'm trying to remember who else was third. You had Notre Dame, Ohio State. Texas dropped to fourth, right, recently. 
So who is oh, Clemson. 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 Clemson is number world. three right now. So uh, maybe those four would be uh, – and who knows? You know, Alabama's going to have a strong push. We know that. Um, but what do you think the ceiling is for Oklahoma's class? I think the ceiling is top five. I think everything has to go right in order for them to close with a top five class. But there is a world in which it happens. More likely, I think they're in the six to ten range. Yeah. And – I think the floor is probably 12. I would be very shocked if they have a class that's ranked any lower than 12th at the end of the day. But my expectation is that it's going to be somewhere in that 6 to 10 range. And if you're in the 6 to 10 range, that's an excellent uh, first class for Brent Venables when when they were completely recruiting all these kids. Uh, And we know what happened last year when they salvaged the class, which was very impressive what they did. And Bob Stoops had a big hand in that as well. But when you're talking about this staff recruiting these kids, that's a a very good uh, first haul if they're somewhere between 6 and 10, right? And it could be they could be in the seven or eight range, and that would be excellent, uh, particularly when people were panicking. At just you know, even I don't know, early last week it seemed like. But um, yeah, what about the? Uh, there were some people speculating. I'm looking at the. Uh, it always it always it always cracks me up when people misspell Troy Bowles' last Bowles. name. Yeah, that was Troy Bowles. That that was people were thinking maybe it would be him. Mm, I, I I seriously doubt that. And tell us about him. Yeah, so four-star linebacker out of Tampa, Florida. Son of Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Todd yeah. Bowles, yes. Uh, looks like Georgia is going to be the destination. Uh, decision coming this Saturday for Troy Bowles. And Oklahoma has remained in that thing all the way down to the wire. And I just don't think they have enough juice right now. I think Georgia, especially being the defending national champions and being a little bit closer to home for Troy, who's kind of a quiet kid, uh, probably makes the most sense right now. All right, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, uh, from the sound of it, Steely is not a big Baker fan at all. That That's not true. I want to see Baker succeed. I jumped on the Browns bandwagon. I'm just not going to sit here and tell you that he's just going to end up being an all-pro. Or something. We haven't seen that yet. We've seen some really good moments. I mean, it's been very inconsistent. My question with Baker is can he bounce back from, I think, what was a big loss of confidence? And he even admitted that. Right? Even then, he read too much into the social media stuff. It was interesting when we saw him in the airport of the Bahamas. Uh, he did mention that he's completely off social media. Still. That's what he said. Sitting there because... Good. No we rat were talking about uh, No we were talking negative about energy. Emily is, uh, you know, always got his back on social media. All the time. And uh, get some blowback for that, by the way. And Baker said, yeah, I'm just not on social media. Just don't, you know, don't have any interest in it. So... That's what he said. But, um, you know, I, I want to see him succeed. But, you know, it's it's still a big question mark. And, again, he was the number one overall pick in the draft. Overall, I don't know. What do you give him, a B-minus at Cleveland? Maybe. I don't know. But because it is the Cleveland Browns, I can't say, you know what, he was a total failure there. Because at times he looked really good. But – you know, we'll just see. This this situation in Carolina is not as good as Cleveland, uh, roster-wise, but you never know. The chemistry there, maybe, you know, uh, a little bit different kind of offense. Obviously, they were run, pound the football, mainly with Nick Chubb and, uh, and obviously Kareem Hunt when he was healthy. Uh, and, you know, Baker went through all kinds of coordinators. Again, can he get his confidence back? 
That's what I, that's what I want to see. And we'll see if he can. Air Coverage Solutions sex line. Parker, I'm concerned about Derek LeBlanc and Florida or Ohio State. Should I be? Ohio State? No, they're not even in the top three for Derek LeBlanc. Florida? Okay, there's a bit, little bit more of a case there. And Florida has started to recruit very well under Billy Napier. They're starting to hit their stride, much like Oklahoma. They scuffled for a little while, uh, but they've come into their own. As a recruiting class, they've got their quarterback committed now, the four-star out of Nice High School, Marcus Stokes, alma mater of Tim Tebow, by the way, Nice High School. Uh, So, look, this is an OU Florida battle, and it remains an OU Florida battle. I will tell you this, though, and this is what I've said for weeks on the topic. The most reliable intel points to Oklahoma, and that's why you've seen a couple crystal ball predictions come in in favor of Oklahoma People are starting to clue into the fact that Derek LeBlanc's interest in OU is real. Imagine that, right? A kid who visits, I think, six times on his own dime. kid who travels 1,200 miles six times to visit campus is legitimately interested in the University of Oklahoma. So uh, the the rest of the industry is kind of starting to come around to what we have seen uh, for a matter of months now. And right now, I would favor Oklahoma – and I'm starting to favor them more and more heading into that July 28th announcement. That's going to be big. There's no doubt about it. And uh, that would be a huge get for Oklahoma. So, and again, Dalen Smothers, the running back, four-star out of Charlotte, North Carolina, down to the Sooners in Florida State. And everybody seems to think this is pretty much a done deal for OU. And that will be happening on Thursday. Another four-star added to the class, uh, Bore, uh Caden Green, uh, Jaquez Petaway, uh, three four stars here recently, and adding another four star recruit uh, on Thursday. It looks like for Oklahoma. Jay and Tulsa asks, when the twenty twenty three recruiting cycle is over, who finishes higher, Mule Shoe or Oklahoma? I, Oklahoma know, finishes higher. You know what's weird is I instead of looking at Texas or anybody else, I'm always seeing where SC is. In uh-huh. the rankings. They're fifteenth now. Oklahoma's eleventh. I think the Sooners have maybe two more commitments. Actually, three more commitments. Than SC. SC's average, though, is at 92.07. The Sooners are at 90.75. Yeah. But well, that could be upgraded. I mean, you get like Smothers on Thursday, boom, that number's going up again. Yeah. And you get Derek LeBlanc, that number's number goes way up. up. Yeah. Jacoby Johnson, that number goes way up. USC has a lot more downward mobility than upward mobility because they already got all their five stars committed. And oh, by the way, one of them's probably going to decommit. Please. You didn't hear that from me. But yes, please. Um, but they already got all their five stars. They got them early in the cycle. So that number almost has nowhere to go but down. Oh, please go down. Way down. Let it all collapse. Football guides, I pray, take this man down. The huckster that is, Muleshoe. The snake oil salesman. The liar. The narcissist that is, Muleshoe. Let him fail in an epic way. Epic fail, please. All right, we're going to break right here. We'll get back to your text, 405-651-3439 and the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Sounds like Tiger Woods, not a fan of the Live Golf Tour. We'll hear what the GOAT had to say coming up here in a bit right here on The Ref. Okay, back with you here on this Tuesday. 
How's everybody? Thank you to Lasher Home Comfort Systems for uh, sponsoring our first hour here on Steel Man and Thune at Noon on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Give them a call, 405-579-3113 for any uh, issue you might have with uh, heating or air. Obviously, it's probably going to be your AC right now. Uh, They'll do a great job for you. And we welcome all of your texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Riverwind Casino has a great July promotion underway. I've never been deep sea fishing. My wife caught a giant sailfish way back in the day. Uh, For me, it would be like the old Hemingway uh, classic, The Old Man in the Sea. And I would be the guy that caught the big marlin and it got, you know, eaten up by sharks on the way back. But it would have been a metaphor for an old man trying to do what it means and what it takes to just survive the journey, right? Old man in the sea, though, you, uh, even if you're old, young, whatever, you want a great fishing trip, you can win one at Riverwind with their promotion, Casting for Cash, which is underway. Five people, five patrons are going to win a Florida Keys fishing getaway. The top five players who earn the highest number of points on a specified e-game machine out at Riverwind are going to win a trip to the Florida Keys for a fishing guided trip valued at nearly $5,500. Plus, you're going to get $2,000 in bonus play and $1,000 in cash. Now, just head out to Riverwind. Look for the specific machines you need to play, the e-game machines. They will point them out for you. There will be signage all around those machines. Earn the top five points on those machines from now until July 30th, and you could win that all-expenses trip to the Florida Keys for a great fishing excursion, uh, $2,000 in bonus play and $1,000 in cash. Another great promotion from our friends over at Riverwind Casino. Have you ever been deep-sea fishing? I have never been deep-sea fishing, no. Uh, anything Mule Shoe does, I try to do the opposite. Well, that's right. So. We're still hoping that the marlin uh, will spear him in a uh, where there's not a major artery involved, but, you know, it would cause some pain. Just a flesh wound. He kind of makes a habit of that, doesn't he? Doesn't, he, he, he it seems like he's deep-sea fishing a lot. Yeah, he's, he's of course, probably a lot, a lot easier now there. that he's in L.A. That's true. But uh, are you in favor of the Marlin spearing, by the way? Not, I mean, I don't, I don't wish bodily harm upon anyone. I mean, I'm just talking about, like, uh, a calf muscle or I something. I understand. I understand. A very but I don't minor... wish bodily harm upon anyone. Even oh, Mule come Shoe. on. Just, all right. See, Parker's a better person than me. He's a lot less petty than I am. You know what's crazy to think, Steely? What's that? It has been almost eight months since that fateful day. That is crazy. That is feels like time has flown. I know. Probably because I I think time feels longer. I think that time period feels longer because, or almost feels shorter, because we haven't had a football season. Yeah, it's coincided directly with effectively the off season. So I was like, man, we're already eight months out. Doesn't seem like eight months, but probably doesn't seem like eight months because there hasn't been any football to tie this over. That is, I think that was the strangest. How long did it take before Brent got hired? After one week, that was it. One week. Golly, it seemed like it was like three weeks. Yeah, it was the longest week of my life. But still, I think that week was the strangest week in the history of OU fandom that I can remember. I mean, the Marcus Dupree week was kind of strange. When he left, you know, just bolted and ended up at Southern Mississippi. That was wild back in the day. But that th- this is still the most upset 
Not anymore, but back during uh, that time period, I think that's the most upset I've ever seen the OU fan base. That's the ever. most upset I've ever seen you, for sure. Now, in the Oregon game, you know, with the Gordon Reese and Alan Patrick hands the ball to the official and the ball's awarded to Oregon, they were pretty angry about that. But I don't think, uh, unless I'm forgetting something, that I've ever seen the OU fan base more angry. They felt completely jilted. Like I said... Uh, you just don't leave Oklahoma for a similar job. And you can talk about environment, and it's the way, again, it went down. I know Colin Cowherd, I know it's the way he left or whatever that he keeps, you know, that was the thing that he was, uh, you know, criticizing for a while. Uh, but it's it's the entire clandestine nature of what was happening behind the scenes. And we all knew, look, this Oklahoma football team, was it going to be a national champion last year? Probably not. But could they have been a playoff team? Yes, I think they could have. I think the roster was was good enough. But the chemistry, and we knew early in the season that something was going on. It was just strange that, you know, they were as inconsistent and leaving teams in games who had no business hanging with Oklahoma – you know, right off the bat, the Tulane game, a team that got displaced, had to go practice. Where did they practice? Like at UAB or something like that. And then they made the trip to Norman. And there they are, you know, with a chance to win the game late. And then the Nebraska game. And Nebraska gave a good effort. And I know Nebraska still has some talent. It's certainly not the days of, you know, Dr. Tom's great teams. But for them to hang with Oklahoma and have a chance – and now I think we all know that, uh, but, uh, you know, something was going on. And I think we kind of know what was going on. On the now. Air Comfort Solutions text line, Big Bad Wolf says, it's gone by fast because it's been pure OU dominant since. No, none of that. None of that. We do not categorize off seasons as dominant because the moment we do, we are validating the University of Texas. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe. Steely, it's okay to still be upset. My husband says that you and I need to let it go, but I'm not ready yet. Oh, I'm hanging on to this for a while. I've got a, I've got a grudge right here in my front pocket, and it's going to be there for a while. You can uh, you can forget, but you don't have to forget, right? I don't like liars. No one likes liars. No mm-hmm. one enjoys being lied to. Yeah, and then I don't like liars continuing to lie. I'm not talking about little white lies. I'm talking about flat-out lies. And again, right off the bat, yeah, we figured this out in two hours on a Sunday morning. Yeah, right. We're, we, we actually, I know we're not the guru genius that you are, Mealshoe, that you've been built up to be, but we're smart enough to figure out that your agent was doing all this behind the scenes. Okay, I'll let it go. What did Carl Williams say? I missed it. Basically that Oklahoma jumped the gun, right, after uh, Caleb went into the portal. Yes. What were they supposed to do? Wait? (laughs) Come on. Yeah, the whole thing. I'm starting to think that Carl Williams is the same snake oil salesman that Muleshoe is. And If they were in the Old West, they'd have the traveling wagon with the snake oil out there trying to huckster that stuff. I I want to approach this situation delicately because obviously when Carl and Caleb were uh, going through the whole recruitment process and after Caleb uh, became the quarterback at Oklahoma, 
And especially during his lone season in Crimson, I developed a really good relationship with those two. And I know that they're both good people. I don't want to insinuate otherwise. But come on now. You so, didn't actually think, and that, you could, you can't actually think, that Oklahoma and Brent Venables were just going to sit on their hands and wait for you to maybe come back or maybe go elsewhere. So, again, I think he is doing exactly what Muleshoe is attempting to do in all these interviews where he kind of said, well, we loved it there, man. Toughest decision ever and all this stuff. And I'm not saying it was just a super easy decision for him. I get that. But it's almost like he's trying to spin the narrative so much. Well, of course they're time. trying to spin the narrative right. because the narrative does not favor them. Right, exactly. And, and look, this this Carl Williams deal, again, to me it's about, well, he's insinuating, well, maybe we could have been at Oklahoma, but Oklahoma decided they were, you know, going to go ahead and start planning for the future like any staff that had uh, – a coach with a brain would have been doing. You can't. Uh, you can't just assume that uh, you know Caleb Williams is going to come back. We all thought once he went in the portal, there was some thought that yeah, Caleb Williams is going to shop around or whatever and see what happens. And the narrative was always uh, he's making the best move for him to play pro football. I still think there was some nil involved in it. I know you know know those guys and have a relationship with him. So, but I always look at again. Whoever is telling you something also is trying to spin the narrative to a certain extent. But, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma, they did the smart thing. They went out and got a guy who's already a proven quarterback uh, in Dylan Gabriel, and um, I think he's going to have a good year for Oklahoma. Do I think he has Caleb Williams' talent? No. But do I think he's going to be a good, solid quarterback for Oklahoma, have a good year? And, uh, you know, they're already raving about his leadership, so I, I think it was a good move for OU. Speaking of Muleshoe, he was on the uh, Greg McElroy podcast the other day, and he's still spinning things a little bit. Oh, yeah. Did you get sound? Yeah, we got some sound. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Tyler helped me out on that. We, we help each other out with audio. All right. We're going to break right here, get back to the text line. By, by the way, Big Bad Wolf explained himself. He's talking about softball and baseball dominance in the offseason. Ah, right, okay. 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 Tracking. We, we've been set straight. So, there you go. All right, keep those texts coming. They're coming around the bin. Uh, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, still want to play that soundbite from Tiger because, uh, well, he's not a fan of the Live Golf Tour. Tiger tomorrow, 9 a.m., by the way. Max Oma, Matthew Fitzpatrick in his group. We'll be right back. <laughs> uh, is this for uh, the Williams family or for Mule Street? Well, more for Mule Street. All right, but... well, there you go. There you go. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Welcome back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune, Home of Sooner fans, the Rep Radio Network here on a Tuesday. Open Championship begins early tomorrow morning. Tiger will actually play in the afternoon over at St. Andrews tomorrow. He won there, of course, in 2000, 2005. He also won at Hoylake in 2006. So he has three Claret Jugs. I don't think that Tiger is going to get the uh, Claret Jug, by the way. I, I, I would just like to see him maybe, uh, you know, have a shot, be around the top ten uh, when we get to the weekend. I doubt that that's going to happen. It's just tough. And I know, you know, obviously he says and he's been great at Augusta. He's been uh, great at Pebble. He's been great at uh, Torrey Pines. A uh, lot of places, uh, obviously at the Memorial. 
um, at uh, Muirfield and Jack's Tournament, many different places. But he does say that St. Andrews, the home of golf, is his favorite course. Uh, there were rumors, by the way, maybe this, maybe Tigers at St. Andrews, the home of golf, and maybe they're honoring Jack Nicholas, you know, there as well. That maybe you saw that Tiger and Jack had a picture together on the Swilkin Bridge the other day, and maybe that Tiger would may wave farewell to uh, competitive golf uh, at St. Andrews. But Tiger said earlier today, uh uh-uh, uh, no, no, not calling it a career yet. Uh, and one of the reasons he's at St. Andrews is he plays very well there. Three-time winner, obviously, or two-time winner at St. Andrews. Three-time winner of the uh, the Open. But he's not sure once it gets back to St. Andrews that he's going to be able to play competitive golf. So, yes, he's going to take a shot at trying to win the Claret Jug this week. By the way, Tiger was asked about the Live Golf Tour, and it doesn't sound like he is a big fan. I disagree with it. Um, I think that... Uh, what they've done is they've, they've turned our, their back on what has allowed them to get to this position. To me, I just don't understand it. Uh, I understand what Jack and Arnold did because playing professional golf at a tour level versus a club pro is different. And I understand that transition and that move and the recognition that a, a touring pro versus a club pro is. But what these players are doing for you know guaranteed money um what is the incentive to practice what is the incentive to go out there and earn it in the dirt there you go got a ben hoganism right there the answer dig it out in the dirt from ben hogan the greatest iron player of all time uh in my opinion and the opinion of many but what ty you know here's the one thing as much as i love tiger and he's obviously had a flawed personal life i still think he's played golf at a higher level than anybody else that's that includes jack um but you know tiger when he came on tour when he said hello world there in milwaukee he was already uh, not completely set for life, but he was doing very well. So his situation is a lot different than Taylor Gooch's uh, situation or somebody else, like Pat Perez being on the Live Golf Tour. I mean, come on, man. Uh, and Pat Perez is an interesting character and everything, but come on, dude. Um, I don't know. But he's basically saying, what's, what's the incentive to go out and work and practice and try and improve on your game when you already know you're guaranteed a certain amount of money, you know, uh, in in the Live Golf Tour event. So uh, just an interesting uh, perspective, and I think this has affected so many people. Uh, certainly the reputation of Phil Mickelson has been affected as much or more than anyone. And uh, the RNA said no to Greg Norman coming to the festivities. So it's gotten ugly. But the PGA Tour, they do need to try and adjust. They're, uh, the PGA Tour basically – in many ways, still is carrying around a flip phone, you know, and it's time that they get with the program. I'm not a big fan of the Live Golf Tour myself. I, I'm not going to sit here and completely trash it. Um, but at the same time, you know, the PGA Tour has been set in its ways for a long time, and they need to get uh, more with the program, maybe a little bit like Major League Baseball has. Um, you know, they just stuck with the same routines for so long. Uh, I, I don't want to see golf, you know, made into a cartoon sport, you know, like arena football or something. But the uh, PGA Tour d- does need to do a little bit more, I think. And, and they're being pushed in that direction. They haven't budged a whole lot, but at least they have 
uh, to a certain extent. So if you want to watch, uh, by the way, I think like golfers will be off at, at like uh, just after midnight Oklahoma time tonight. I think Phil's playing super early. I think Phil was like 2 a.m., maybe even earlier than that, um, over at St. Andrews. Have you ever been to Scotland, ever been over there? I've never been out of the country, Mike. You've never been out of the country? No, I haven't. Where, where would you visit if you could go out of the country and you could pick one place, where would it be? That's a great question. The Quiznos in the Bahamas <laughs> in the Nassau Airport? Where you if could Baker in, Mayfield were there. you could run into Baker Mayfield? Uh, I'd say, see, I would like to go to Scotland, though, because from what I have seen of it, it's a very scenic mm-hmm. area. And not only that, I, I, I would love at some point... And I, I know I will never have enough money to do this, but at some point I would love to travel the world and play iconic golf courses like St. Andrews. Yeah, if you had one that you could play, would that be it, St. Andrews? Uh, no, it would be Augusta. I feel like it, because you could get on Augusta St. Andrews. The, yeah. So if you had the chance to play Augusta, you know you've got to have an invite or something, a connection. So here's the thing: I got a buddy getting married in Georgia next month. And I got another buddy who apparently has a connection. And he was we were on the bachelor party, and he was like, I'll tell you what, I got a connection. And I bet I could get us on at Augusta. And I'm going, all right, well, get us on at Augusta. He said, no, I don't, I don't want to use that connection yet. I don't want to call in a favor yet. I'm like, what, what, what are you planning on calling it in for then? Yes, if use you have it, the man. opportunity, use it, use it, use it, use it. If you have the opportunity to play Augusta National, yes. and you have the opportunity to get me on at Augusta National, you better do it. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to play Augusta. I can feel it. I'll be very jealous, but I won't wish you a spear fishing incident or anything like that. Or I won't wish you a spearing on an ocean fishing trip. I wish wish you could get to Augusta and tell me about it, actually playing the course. I know a few people who have, and they say it's everything it's you think it would be. All right, we've got another hour to go. Keep it here on the ref. Hour number two is presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72, great selection. You're looking for a vehicle, and uh, they're hard to find now. The used car market is uh, is going crazy, and they're getting all the best stuff they can find at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Cars, trucks, SUVs, and uh, great service after the sale, and that incredible guarantee oil changes engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. So thanks to our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group for bringing you our number two here on uh, the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. All right, uh Question for you, Parker Thune, because we know that Brent Venables, one of the reasons why the uh, the Sooner class has been slow to come around a little bit, is because of their approach with other players taking visits. And you, we remember the Johnny Gigolo uh, speech that sure. Brent made, like, hey, are you truly committed, you know, if you're in, engaged to your wife, but you're still running around with other ladies uh, or somebody else, you know, are you truly committed? And you aren't. And that's the approach that Oklahoma has taken. Their philosophy has been, look, if you want to commit to us, you, you, uh, you're not taking any other visits. You're, you're committed to us. And we want you, but if you want to go take your visits, you can't commit to us. Go take your visits. We feel good enough. Eventually, you'll come around and be at the University of Oklahoma. So, of the sooner... Uh, Commitment so far, and Oklahoma's up to 14 now. 
And uh, how many would you think can you actually get a 100% retention rate with all these commitments because of their approach? Or do you think there could still be maybe a couple defectors before it's all said and done? You know, we talked about this yesterday. And the one guy that I can see maybe decommitting at some point down the line, and this is not based on intel, this is just based on perception. Uh, When Keon Brown committed, it was so out of the blue, he hadn't yet taken his official visit. He still was picking up big-time offers coast-to-coast at the time. Mm -hmm. And it came so quickly after he got the offer from OU. It was like a four-day turnaround, even faster than Heath Ozida in that respect. So anytime a kid commits like that, especially when he doesn't have a pre-existing tie to the university the way that Heath Ozida does, you're naturally going to be a little bit more skeptical that that one holds. That said, I have no tangible reason to believe that Keon Brown's commitment isn't going to hold. But if there is one guy that decommits... I guess that would be the most likely candidate. But no, I, I do think the Sooners are going to have a 100% retention rate. And if you look at the way that things were run at Clemson, when Venables was so critical in the recruiting efforts of that university, both offensively and defensively, the decommitments that Clemson had, they were very few and very far between. They had, they had close to a 100% retention rate every single year. Yeah, and, and again, I, I can see why Sooner fans are so invested into this, why there was a little bit of panic happening with some of the fan base because they saw the Arch Manning situation and the momentum that generated for Texas. But, but uh, you had talked about, just wait, July is going to be a big month for Oklahoma, and so far July has been a fantastic month for Oklahoma. Let me use an analogy, Mike. A couple months ago, I was on my way to church on a Sunday morning. You know, just... It's, it's, it's like a 15-minute drive from my apartment to my church. So it's not necessarily, you know, pull out, swing across the corner, or swing around the corner and roll right up. It's a little bit of a drive, but it's a drive I make every Sunday. And so a couple months back, I am on my way to church on a very typical Sunday morning. And I get nailed for speeding. Get pulled over. Uh, the cop walks up. Very, very nice guy. Uh, clearly he was, uh, around my age, younger cop clearly had only been on the job a couple years. If that, uh, very cordial, uh, we ended up having a conversation, uh, about OU football by the time it was all said and done. I said, Hey, you know what? You should listen to our radio program 12 to two mm-hmm. every, every weekday. He said, Oh, I'll check you out. Okay, perfect. Uh, he let me off with a warning and I went on my way, but of course, Mike, Getting pulled over and the entire process that that entails, that costs me about 10 minutes of drive time. Right. So by the time I get to church, I'm that person. You're the right? heathen that Walk- came yes, in late. Yes, exactly. Walking in late, in between the first set of songs, and everybody's got uh, giving you that side eye like, oh, oh why, why are you rolling into church late today? Because nobody knows. right? I, I, it's not like I can get up front – and proclaim to all these people, yeah, sorry, I, I got pulled over. I promise I'm not a heathen. It's just one of those things that happens. I would have been here on time otherwise. Nobody knows the circumstance. They just know, oh, look, Parker showed up to church late. It's kind of that same deal with OU recruiting. 
People don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And so I got you. It was always premature in May and June when folks were getting all up in arms about OU's recruiting efforts and why the Sooners weren't getting commits as early as some of those other programs that were starting to heat up early in the cycle. But here's what else you have to keep in mind, Mike. The teams that were heating up early in the cycle were teams like Northwestern and Cincinnati and Texas Tech. And teams that were not building classes, they were not building high-ranked classes because of quality, they were building it because of quantity. Tech has like 23 commitments, right? And they've been there for a while. They they had a, I mean, like right off the bat, Tech Tech was like up in the top three or four for a while, weren't they, for, for just a short period? Because like you said, they just, I think they were just handing out offers, right? Kind of like on a street corner or something. Correct. Now, that is the one thing you have to keep in mind when you're looking at the recruiting rankings, is that the rankings not only value quality, they also take into account quantity. The more commits you have, the higher you're going to be ranked. That is not to say that quantity necessarily means that you're going to end up with a top five class, nor does quality mean you're going to end up with a top five class. The Sooners, I think, finished with the number... 16 overall class it was it was somewhere in the teens in 2021 because they only signed 16 players right yeah but every one of those 16 players was a blue chip I think the only non-blue chip was actually Danny Stut no Danny Stutzman and Colin Montgomery were the two three stars that Oklahoma signed in that class. Obviously, Colin Montgomery hasn't really cracked it yet, but (laughs) Danny Stutzman was no average three star. So that's an example of there was a circumstance because of COVID-19 and everything that came with it. The Sooner staff saw fit to take a lighter class. It was a quality class, but it was not ranked nearly as high as some of the other classes that year because it was lacking in quantity. The elite recruiting classes... The schools that rank at the very top, one through three or four generally, the teams that really, really separate themselves year in and year out uh, with recruiting, are the teams that recruit excellent high-quality classes and classes that have a great deal of quantity. Texas A&M, yes, they signed, what, seven five-stars mm-hmm. last year, something along those lines, but they also took 29 players. So it wasn't as if what am I getting at here? It's really just the reality that, sure, Texas A&M's class was good because it had good players, but it was also so highly valued and highly regarded because it was a big class. So once Oklahoma's class gets to the point where you have 20-plus commitments, then folks are going to feel a lot more at ease about where Oklahoma's at in the recruiting rankings because once you inflate the number to a certain threshold – it's very difficult for that number to go down substantially. Gotcha. On the Air Comfort Solutions text line from the 918, Muleshoe wants to post more pics taken of his weird toes on deep-sea fishing trips. Have you ever seen Muleshoe's weird toes? I mean, I'm sure I've seen a picture of him barefoot. I've never noticed that he has weird toes. Does he have weird toes? Is this a thing? Uh, somebody send us a weird toe pit. I mean, mule shoe toes, not like your toes. We're just looking for mule shoe toes. So That's uh, the second foot-related <laughs> comment we've gotten on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 
Oh, man. Is it too late for Muleshoe to take Toby with him, Tebow and Tiro? I mean, come on, what a match. What? No. Let me tell you something about Tiro. He's a quality individual. He won't sell anybody out to buy his future. And that, sir, is called integrity. And that's the stuff that leaders should be made of. Courage, integrity, valor, not lying. One of these things is not like the other. Mule shoe. Liar. Okay, back to the text line before you get on another tangent about Mule shoe and his <laughs> lying ways. Uh, Steelman and Parker, if the rumors are true about Tebow not knowing about the Big Ten move, how long do you think it will be before he bolts for the NFL? Look, his tenure at Oklahoma will be longer than his tenure at USC. There is no way he lasts five years as USC's head coach. Really? Zero chance. Hmm. Man, I don't know. Do I want to bet on Lincoln Riley staying around somewhere? Let me think about it. Let me think about it. Um, you know, it's it's going to be – the, the dynamic that has changed is now them going to the Big Ten because Muleshoe, despite what he said, never back away from a challenge. Yes, you did. You absolutely did. You ran. And, you know, remember Muleshoe was upset with the compliance department, too. I guess he wanted to bend the rules, Hang on. Too, let, me, right? let me play Muleshoe for a second to give you the counterpoint. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm not even going to try to do the Muleshoe voice because I can't. But the counterpoint would be – no, I wanted a challenge. That's why I went to USC. I wanted to rebuild a program from the ground up. Well, I wanted yeah. to take a fallen star on the college football scene and make it great once again. I wasn't running from the SEC. Oh, yeah. I was running to USC. See, like I said, that happened in a brainstorming meeting. Lincoln, we got to turn this around, man. People think <laughs> We need you, some wow phrases. Think, people think you are scum, Lincoln. I'm sorry, but we got to we got to change your image. You and Brian Kelly are just bottom of the barrel. You know, let's go for the money and the narcissism. I mean, Brian Kelly is doing the nerdiest dancing of all time, and believe me, I'm a nerdy dancer. That's why I don't dance. But Brian Kelly, please. One listener says, don't ever Google Steven Tyler's toes. I hadn't planned on it. <laughs> now people are going to start doing it. Okay. Steely's just getting warmed up. hoo Yes, that was from uh, Sin of a Woman. Yes. He won't sell anybody out to buy his future. What a great scene that was. What a great movie Sin of a Woman was. If you haven't seen Sin of a Woman... Al Pacino as uh, Colonel Frank Slade. Oh, just big time. Chris O'Donnell was pretty good, too. Good movie. A young Philip Seymour Hoffman. Good stuff. All right, we got a break right here. Keep those texts rolling in. You guys have been great. As usual, we need to get the one from the guy at Orange Beach in Alabama. What's up? Hope the water is cold and the beaches are sandy and the drinks are going down well, my friend. All right, Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Coming right back here on The Ref. Welcome back. Good to have you with us. When the levee breaks, John Bonham's drumming was so good, man. His so loud, so good. Greatest rock and roll band of all time right there. 
I mean, who wasn't a great musician? Robert Plant, arguably the best lead singer of all time. I'd go Freddie Mercury myself, but Robert Plant's way, way, way up there. Five-star, no doubt. John Paul Jones, great producer, great keyboardist, great bassist. Five-star, bottom five-star Jimmy Page, even though he was into the occult, allegedly. Five-star Zeppelin. It doesn't get any better, in my opinion. All right, uh, so Baker Mayfield had a press conference, not at the uh, Carolina Panthers compound, but I'm not sure he was, home somewhere. But it was a Zoom press conference, meeting the media with the uh, Carolina Panthers, people who cover the uh, Carolina Panthers, answering a bunch of questions. He will wear number six uh, with Carolina. And by the way, Baker also said not doing uh, any more progressive commercials. That is done for now. So, we won't get uh, – I thought Baker was pretty good in those. I thought he did a nice job. But he was asked this question by one of the uh, reporters from Charlotte about what he learned and how he will maybe change things up, if at all, after what he experienced for four years in Cleveland. Uh, I mean, I, I think there's definitely <laughs> – there was a lot of lessons to and experiences that I learned from when it comes to, um, you know, keeping some things in-house, uh, but also – being, being myself, that, that's why I was drafted there, uh, was to help turn that place around and to be the best version of myself. I think it's easy to get lost in, you know, stories and media at the same time. So it's it's tricky to balance. But, um, yeah, that's, and that's the conversations, the multiple conversations that I've had with Scott and Coach Rule about um, they want me to be myself you know, be a good leader, be a great teammate, but uh, I've always been vocal and uh, being able to bring guys and, and elevate them. So uh, th- there's, there's balance, but that, that competitive nature, that'll never go away. If I do that, then I, I shouldn't be playing anymore. So and that's what's gotten me or helped get me here. And uh, I'll, I'll have to continue to do that. All right. By the way, uh, I believe it was Kendall on the air comfort solutions text line who asked uh, and I'll answer real quick. If you weren't uh, listening yesterday, uh, where did, how did the pick come about in the airport in the Bahamas? Well, we were leaving to fly out after our vacation, and uh, we were going through customs. And uh, my wife says, and she's a, she's a huge Baker Mayfield fan. She bought all the Cleveland Browns gear and everything. Uh, not an NFL fan, just a Baker fan. She'll be, she became a Browns fan. But all of a sudden she says, I think that's Baker and Emily. That's a bad impression of Shea, but... I'm like, what? And so we looked over. There was like an express line, you know, for really important people at customs. And this couple had just gone through, but they were walking down the corridor to the gate area where, you know, the gates were obviously and waiting on their plane. And there's a food court over there. And I looked. I couldn't tell because I saw him from behind. I'm like, I don't think. No, that's not Baker and Emily. Yes, it is. It's Baker and Emily. So we go through customs and we go down the corridor and we make a turn to the food court and there they are, Baker and Emily. Now I didn't want to bother them. I want to make that I, 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 no fanboy here. I mean, I like Baker and I want him to do well, but I'm not going to go. I don't want to go interrupt somebody. And they hadn't gotten food yet, but they're still. You know, I'm just not that guy. Not that there's anything wrong with that if you are that guy. But Shay finally decided. You know what? I'm going to go talk to him and uh, I want to get a picture because that was very important to her so she handed me the phone and when the wife says she wants a picture with Baker and Emily you get a picture with Baker and Emily but 
So that's how we ran. And Baker was nice, super nice. You could tell he was a little bit, I don't know if distracted was the word, but he was not. He was friendly, talked and everything. But they were clearly leaving their vacation early to go back and have him take his physical in Carolina. They were in the Bahamas to celebrate their anniversary. But Emily was about as nice as you could possibly be. And it felt like she was like Shay's best friend all of a sudden. But one of the things that Emily was most excited about is now they have better colors. She was much more excited about the colors. They do have way better colors. In Carolina than in Cleveland. And Shay has already, Shay has, Shay sounds like Mr. Bill. <laughs> yeah, I told you, horrible impression. <laughs> oh, no. But um, anyway, yes, Shay has already got a T-shirt and I think a hoodie on the way. And they are better. I'm Cleveland's colors, I mean, I... The the thing I like, the only thing I like about the Browns uniforms, I'm not the color scheme, yeah, not so much, but they have stayed, you know, just basically with that look. That's you know Yeah, look, I understand that the Cleveland Browns are named after Paul Brown. Correct. But at what point do you just come to the collective agreement as an organization that you know what? The Browns branding in the twenty first century is probably a little outdated. I mean, How long could, can we I keep mean, up this orange and brown color palette? And how long can we sustain this logo that's literally just an orange helmet? I don't know. I I don't know. I don't think they're going to change, though. I don't think that. What would, I don't the, what so would be either, a but... good nickname for the Cleveland Browns if they switched? The Indians went to the Guardians, obviously. The Cleveland Spiders. Cleveland Rockers. I mean, you got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame there, right? The Cleveland Spiders were what the Indians originally were called, if my memory serves. Were they the Spiders? Yeah, yeah. They were the Spiders. Yeah. Of course, the only Spiders these days are the Richmond Spiders. That's true. Now, was Nebraska the Bug Eaters before the Cornhuskers? Am I misremembering that? No. Who was the Bug Eaters? No, Nebraska was, I believe. So, one was... And I always get them mixed up in my head. I can't remember if – I think the black shirts was just the informal moniker. But I do think they were actually called the Bug Eaters at yeah. one point. Hmm. The black shirts was just basically for the defense, though, right? I mean, it was the yeah, name yeah, for yeah. the defense back in the day. The Cleveland Clowns. The Cleveland Massagers. <laughs> oh, the my masseuses. God. Masseuses. Yeah, the That's Cleveland- the proper term. The Cleveland <laughs> Masseuses. <laughs> Oh, that's too bad. That's actually pretty good. The Cleveland Clowns, yeah, not bad. Baker wearing orange felt like a betrayal. Yeah, well, he didn't have much choice in the matter. Somebody on the text line said, Katy Perry has beautiful feet. Well, that number's getting blocked. You know, she was ready to commit to Trevor Knight's organization, and uh, Trevor never made the offer, right? And then he kind of tried to come back and see if she would be willing to commit later, and it was too little too no, late. Can't, can't drag she'd, your feet like that. She'd committed to Orlando Bloom by that time. I think that was an upgrade on her part. Orlando Bloom over Trevor Knight? I would say so. What do you got against Trevor Knight? Well, nothing. He's just uh, way, way less money and way less talented You than remember Bloom. the Trevor Knight to LeColt Investor Oh, who does hook up, man, to take down Nick Saban? I mean, we were all expecting that. You know who's going to take down Nick Saban? Trevor Knight and LeColton Bester. That's who. Man, how wild is that? 
to think that there was a time where Trevor Knight and LeColton Bester <laughs> teamed up to take down the Alabama Crimson Tide and Nick Saban. What a night that was. Trevor Knight and, uh, man, and then it just, then he ends up at A&M. Somebody on the text line says, the Browns are already perfectly named since the organization is in the toilet. I'm taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. You ever heard that redneck oh, say? Oh, of course. That's of course so bad. I had. We all know that person. If, By the way, if you're the guy who announces to people that you're going to poop, you know, that's not that's not good. You should be jailed, at least for a while. Somebody said the Cleveland happy endings. <laughs> hey, happy endings aren't illegal. Deshaun Watson's lawyer wants to make that very clear. Happy endings are not illegal. Oh, Rusty Harden. Like, if that's the stance you're taking, <laughs> and, and, like, you're already resigned to your fate. That's what that means. You've already taken the L. If you're trying to go, well, uh, well, actually, happy endings, those aren't illegal. You've already basically acknowledged what everybody else already knows, which is stuff happened. Oh, we obviously gosh. don't know the specifics oh, of what happened, but what's, stuff happened. What's up with feet today? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody mentioned Lincoln Riley's uh, toes. So, I, yeah, that is how we got started. Yeah, that is. So there you go. All right, we got a break. Yeah, that always. There have been a few people. I'll be right back, man. I got to take the Browns to the Super Bowl. Like, dude, please leave now. It's not even really clever because like no. everybody knows what you're referring to <laughs> yeah, at that that's, point. That's right. There's not even any nuance or any ambiguity. Oh, there you go. All right, we, the Cleveland Mule Shoes. <sighs> well, that segment got very interesting. All right, Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Let's get back to some Sooner football recruiting when we get back. Keep it right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. All right, welcome back. It's a little buzzer beater there, Steve. That was close. Teddy's telling good uh, stories from the Bahamas back in the day. And uh, they were good. They were pretty, pretty good. So, uh, anyway. All right, welcome back. Mike Steele, Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune. Well, afternoon into the 1 o'clock hour. We've got Locked In coming up at the top of the hour. Riverwind Casino Outdoor Concert Series known as Beats and Bites back for its sixth uh, year running, and we've had three great shows already. Uh, we had uh, we started out with Starship and Night Ranger, big-time show, nearly 10,000 people there. Unbelievable show, Starship and Night Ranger. And then you had Everclear. Uh, with Sister Hazel and Deep Blue Something, another great turnout. And uh, over the past weekend, we had the Randy Rogers Band with the incredible fireworks display, and we have one show left for Beats and Bites 2022. Outdoor concert, all the best local food trucks are out there. You have retail vendors. You have activities for the kids. It is a fun time with some great music, some incredible craft beer, because that's what Coop Ale Works is all about. Headline sponsor for this event as well. Beats and Bites 2022. The next show and the last show of this season is coming up on July 30th, and that'll be Scotty McCreary on the Beats and Bites stage July 30th. Get out there, enjoy uh, some great music and some great food and uh, fun activities. Uh, you can even do a little shopping out there. You'll have a great time. And the uh, ticket prices, 
Each individual ticket is only 5 bucks. It is the bargain of the summer. Get your tickets online right now at riverwind.com for the final show of the season, the Scotty McCreary Show, July 30th. Or you can get your tickets at the box office inside the casino right there in front of the Showplace Theater. 5 bucks for each individual ticket. Last chance. If you haven't been out already, you're missing out. Shay and I had a great time uh, at Starship and Night Ranger. It was a lot of fun. You'll have a great time. Hear some great music. Enjoy some great food. July 30th, Scotty McCreary on the Beats and Bites stage. $5 again for each individual ticket. Get them now at Riverwind.com. All right, you want to get back to the uh, Air Company Solutions text line? No, not really, because all of the texts are simply some, at, at best, crass suggestions uh, for the Cleveland about nickname, what yeah. we could rename the Cleveland Browns. Right, right, right. Okay. We have descended into anarchy on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Percentage chance that Oklahoma, again, will have both Stacey Gage and David Stone uh, you know, in their class, two five-star players uh, that you feel are – would you put both at – 100% is hard to do, but would you be really surprised if both David Stone and Stacey Gage would, uh, would not be on Oklahoma's list pretty early for 2024? Yeah, I, I think those two will commit to Oklahoma, and I think they'll commit pretty early on in the process. Uh, I saw this text. It got shuffled down. Mark in Newcastle says, Nobody rides the fence on virtually everything than Parker Thune. He needs to patent that special saddle so everybody can ride it as well as him. Are you riding the fence? I, I, what am I riding the fence on? I'd love to know. I don't feel I, like I, I ride the fence on things generally. I have opinions. Mm-hmm. I voice them. Some are a bit more staunch than others. It, but if you have any nuance in a take these days, people don't think it's a take. Exactly. You know what I'm yeah, saying? It's got to be a hot take. It's got to be 100%. It's kind of like when people are arguing on Twitter. You know, there's no middle ground. It's either you're an idiot or the other guy's an idiot. It's it's that kind of world that we're living in. So, so anyway, okay. Oh, here's the somebody sent the picture of Mule Shoe Barefoot. Okay, is that it's, it's the picture isn't tight enough. It's too wide of a photo for you to see his toes. There's the sailfish. That's from last year. Okay, we're zooming in on the okay, toes. I'm, I'm zooming in on the toes. Okay, yep, those are some weird toes. I, I I see where you're going. Okay, can you zoom in? Is that as that's as close as we can get? Okay. Hmm. Who is that next to him? Do we know? Uh, who is that? That is that is is that. No, I don't. I don't know who that is. I'm assuming yeah. that's like the fish handler, probably or whoever's yeah. guiding the fishing excursion. And that was from last July, right? I think that was July seventeenth, twenty twenty one. So almost a year ago. Little did we know that Mule Shoe was going to be literally abandoning ship. That was oh, and he tweeted three eyes, three pairs of eyes, because that was the day before. Malachi Nelson and Trayon Webb both committed, and then Makai Lemon did it a few days later. What a different time that was for OU football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Little did we know. Wasn't uh, Muleshoe upset with uh, compliance for a long time, too? So was he basically wanting to cheat? Is that what the deal was, or at least bend the rules? Uh, I I don't want to get too deep into the weeds on that, but okay. essentially, 
from everything that I can reliably uh, corroborate on the matter, Muleshoe just wanted less interference from compliance. Hmm. So he wanted to, yes. Yeah, in so many words, he wanted to be able to skirt the lines mm-hmm. and evade the rules a little bit more than uh, he could at Oklahoma. I remember the early t- <laughs> the early days when everything was going on, when Roy Manning was out recruiting. And oh, remember boy. when OU Compliance tweeted out the eyeballs? Yes. Yes. That was – oh, man. <laughs> Everybody was like, that, yes, tweet, we got him. And that tweet went semi-viral, too. That was the greatest – the single greatest moment in the history oh, of OU Compliance. That's right. <laughs> I'm not going to out the individual that tweeted that, but if he's listening, and I know he is most days, tip of the cap. Congrats. Yes. I didn't even know that OU Compliance had a Twitter account. And then when that came out, because this was right after, remember Roy Manning was out recruiting basically for both schools, right? And then the OU Compliance eyeballs, just the eyeballs (laughs) go out. And I'm telling you about, there were at least a thousand retweets in like two minutes. We got him. We got that SOB, you know. They're going down. People were tagging the NCAA and everything. I think I might have been one of them, actually. I know I retweeted it. I don't know if I tagged the NCAA, but I might have. I didn't tag the NCAA. Probably should have, though. But And that was basically just sent out as like, what, just a joke or something? And then it turned into... Yeah, so the the intent behind it was not to like go gotcha at Roy yeah. Manning, but that was what everybody interpreted it as. Oh, yeah. <laughs> people, I think during that time period, people literally basically had their hands on their phones, probably even in the shower. They probably, you know, put something waterproof over them, you know. That's how bad it was. I don't think I've ever looked at my phone that much in a one-week period than I did that week. I I know I've never tweeted that much. I know for a fact that the moment the news hit the Twitterverse and I had about a five-minute heads up that it was coming, the moment the news hit the Twitterverse, or rather about five minutes prior, that Muleshoe was about to leave for USC, I sat down at the bar at my apartment with my laptop, and I did not move from that spot for 10 hours. 10 hours. Uh, you know, and basically, Muleshoe created Travis Davidson, too. That is many, true. In many ways. That is true. So, actually, Travis, who was a fine individual before then, obviously and a huge Sooner fan, but he can always look back and think, thank Muleshoe. Uh, because his voice got heard. He was the first one to jump on the Twitter spaces, and that thing was crazy. Absolutely crazy. You know what else is wild? Somebody just brought this up on the text line. Uh, All those rumors over the last few days that Jordan Addison is unhappy with the situation at USC because apparently he's not getting what he was promised. Mm -hmm. So in case you needed any confirmation, any further confirmation rather, that Jordan Addison went to the West Coast solely because of the money, I would say this is it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wonder what Pat – I'd love to have – do you think Muleshoe ever picked up the phone with Pat Narduzzi or not? Or, like, shuffled him away with the secretary? No, he probably had his reception. Clark, take care yeah. of it. <laughs> exactly. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, man. 
Can you imagine Pat Narduzzi talking to Clark Stroud? Maybe. I, I here's the thing. I can't imagine livid Pat Narduzzi talking to anybody on the U.S. Because oh man, I would I would hate to be on the receiving end of that phone call when Pat Narduzzi calls the USC athletic department and basically asks what on earth is going on here. Yeah, Pat, this is Clark Stroud. I'm Lincoln's, uh, well, mini-me, basically. Fill in the blank after that. So that would have been awesome. But, yeah, there was – I can't remember anything, like I said, OU fans being more upset than that. Um, And, again, you can talk about bad calls or, again, when Marcus Dupree left, whatever. But – OU fans were just incensed because they got jilted. And OU fans feel like you should not leave the University of Oklahoma for another college job. And that's what happened. So, all right. uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. So, anyway, uh, Colton Vasek? Colton Vasek, not overly confident. Still a chance, not a good one. He that, was that the kid that was uh, committed to Clemson. He was not committed to Clemson. He no, you're thinking leaning. of Reed Mikeska. Yeah, that that one. He ended up going to Miami. Oh yeah, that's right. I did see that. I just forgot about it. All right, okay. We are going to take a quick break. We've got a man. You guys are so good on the text line. It's like we can't. Some days we just can't keep up with them. We're going to try our very best though. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group for sponsoring hour number two. Great guarantee. Great vehicle selection. And again, car, truck, or SUV, and the guarantee after the sale, oil changes, engines for life, a new reused gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Be back. Okay, we're back. Good to have you along. We've got Locked In coming up at the top of the hour right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Interesting question coming in off Twitter. Seeley, it looks like there's some versatility in uh, this class, the 2023 class. I obviously has to be referring to. And I guess he's referring to you talking about P.J. Adebare that was playing uh, tight end originally. Is that right? Yes, he was one that played tight end originally. So what's, what, what is the question? Well, he's asking which former Sooner players are the best that switched positions. Well, Lane Johnson. Got to start there. Guy Lane Johnson, I think that Alan Patrick was a safety yeah, originally and, before uh, switching to running back, and uh, that's when AD got hurt, right? Back in the day, yes, quite a bit when, when Alan Patrick, of course, who also recovered the uh, onside kick at Oregon. No, at, he didn't, Mike. Uh, that that, that goal was Reese. recovered by Oregon. I see green. Play stands. <laughs> Gordon Reese, poor old man. He said he was getting death threats. They were probably coming in on his cordless phone, too. That's really not funny. But apparently the OU fans, some of them found his phone number and were harassing Gordon Reese. He was probably thinking, oh, Barry, play official, sure. You know, I think he was in like his mid-60s or something, if I'm not mistaken. A little bit older than me. Now, Gordon Reese takes a lot of flack. But isn't it also true that the referees on the field ruled that Oregon had recovered? Yeah, I, I if I remember correctly, yes. Which uh, is just like, how? If Alan Patrick is handing you the ball as an official, I, how are you going to be like, yep, this way, <laughs> Ducks ball? I mean, that is just ridiculous. I don't know. That call and the call in the Texas game on the, uh, was it the Stanberry interception or the uh, Andre Johnson? And I think it was Stanberry. 
uh, who made the interception that didn't count in the tie with Texas that year. Um, I'm trying to think. I think that if I'm Paul Thompson's Paul a good Thompson's one. DJ good Wolf call. was a running back when he came to OU and moved the defensive back. Yeah, good call. Blake Bell, uh, Jamal Brown, defensive tackle to All American OTA, uh, offensive tackle. Yeah, good call. I believe. I think if I'm right. Um, George Cumby, I believe, started out as a wishbone fullback, unless I've lost my mind, and that's very possible. Now, uh, Jay from Medill said Andre Wolfolk. I don't, I don't really count him because he, he did play yeah, both he played, at Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Chester, very good one on the text yep, line. He was absolutely. originally a tight end. Somebody back me up. I believe that uh, George Cumby was a originally a wishbone fullback who moved to and became an all all American linebacker. And who uh, I think it was George Cumby. I think there were two Sooners who got bowled over in big Monday night football games. Boz by Bo Jackson and uh, George Cumby by the Fridge back in the day. You remember uh, Trajan- Gabe Eichert, somebody points out, yeah, Gabe came in as a tight end. That is also true. You remember Trajan Bridges' cameo as a nickelback? Yes, I do remember <laughs> that. Uh, Buster Rhymes started as a, a halfback and moved to wide receiver. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There is uh yes. What is the yes to? I I don't know. Maybe that's to the, the yes Cumbie. could be per- yeah. yes could pertain to a lot of things. Uh, great rock and roll. Yes, progressive rock. Yes, very good group. Absolutely love roundabout and Starship Trooper, especially. But um, I'm trying to think who else. A lot of good ones. Boz didn't really get run over. Eh, maybe to an extent, he got drugged. Yeah, that, if you want to, yeah, yeah, you're right. George Cumbie, I believe, was, you know, the fridge down at the goal line for the Bears back in the day. That, I mean, that was basically trying to keep, like, a rhinoceros out of the end zone or whatever. But uh, George Cumbie, okay, good. I, that guy's backing me up on George Cumbie. Uh, who started out, I was almost positive as a wishbone fullback. And, again, he was one of the greatest linebackers ever to play at OU. Really good, played in the NFL for many years. Uh, Daryl Hunt and George Cumby. And I worked with somebody way back in the day who transposed the letters from both last names and called them Oh, Daryl and George Oh. Oh, Humby. Yeah. And the other one. And not only did it once, but twice in the same pregame show. Oh, no. I think I know who you're referring to. And also. I was like, oh, my. I was just thinking, I'm losing my job for just sitting next to this person. <laughs> I didn't say it. He did twice. Oh, Daryl and George Humby. Oh. I, I remember I, I was early in my career, and I was terrified. I'm like, I'm losing my job over this. I didn't say it, and then he said it again. I was waiting for somebody to bring up Brandon Daniels. That's mm-hmm. a good one yeah, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Very versatile guy. Somebody said Kenneth Murray. Kenneth Murray never switched positions. Um, my, somebody said, how can you guys forget Mikey Henderson switching from fullback to running back for the last five minutes he was still a part <laughs> of the team? Man, that you know, I still think about that, and that that's just such a bad deal. I mean, look, a lot of us make dumb decisions, and you learn from them, but you can't making that one that stupid was just committing I mean, armed robbery I mean, is that more was than just, just a like, dumb decision. That is like the most moronic thing ever. I mean, come on, if you want to be a gangster, go be a gangster. Don't be a part of a football team. That was that was so bad. 
felt so bad for uh, it was Jack Bridges and that. Or who was the Trajan Bridges? Yeah, no, but I mean his dad. Oh, right? oh, Jackie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm thinking about what he must have been thinking. Jeez. All right. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Thank you to our friends at Riverwind. Thank you for all the texts we've got locked in coming up next. Everybody have a terrific Tuesday.